Welcome to the College Parent Central Podcast. Whether your child is just beginning the college admission process or is already in college, this podcast is for you. You'll find food for thought and information about college and about navigating that delicate balance of guidance, involvement, and knowing when to get out of the way. Join your hosts, Vicki Nelson and Lynn Abrahams, as they share support and a celebration of the amazing experience of having a child in college. Hi, welcome to the College Parent Central podcast. My name's Vicki Nelson, and I am the parent of three daughters who have all gone through college. I'm also a professor of communication and former director of academic advising at a small college. So I come to the topic of college parenting from two different perspectives, both as a parent and as a professional. Hi, my name is Lynn Abrahams, and I also come to this um, as both a professional and a parent. I have two sons, one who has gone through college and one who has stepped out. I am a learning disability specialist, and I work with students, uh, college students who have um, learning challenges. And we're here in this podcast to talk about all things college parent, uh, all of those things that might be helpful to you as you have a child who's getting ready for college, who's in college, or maybe just about to step out of college. It's a broad definition of college parenting. And today, we'd like to talk a little bit about something that we do all the time and don't really think very consciously about a lot, and that is communication. It's an important topic for parents, both as their student is still home in high school and uh, also as it changes as our students leave for college. You know, when our students are away at school, um, our conversations are going to be different. Our communication will be different. I think that um, I actually have a memory of my um, the first son who went to college, and when he left, I was actually able to have deeper conversations with him, talk about books that he was reading, because I wasn't as involved with the day-to-day conversations. Yeah. And, um, you know, we use that word conversations a lot. Uh, we, we talk about, you know, have a conversation with your student about this or conversation about that. And, you know, I think it helps a little bit to think about what we mean by conversation. It's a little less formal kind of back and forth experience that we have uh, with our students. And sometimes we have a real end goal in mind, and sometimes not. And I think it's also sometimes hard to get started on conversations. So we might want to think a little bit about that. And and, and I think, too, as, as parents, we often know when to have a conversation and when not to. There are definite times not to. <laughs> yes. And sometimes that's the most important thing is right. knowing, okay, it's the fourth quarter of the football game. This might not be the time to say, let's let's have a chat about whatever uh, at, at the moment. Um, so, so one time to think about 
those conversations is before your student heads off to college. Um, senior year is uh, a, a, an important and in some families a difficult year. And then definitely that senior summer, that summer between high school and college is sort of a, a, a strange interlude there. But both of those, senior year and that summer before college, are, is time for really important conversations. Uh, it's a stressful time, and sometimes you need to talk about that stress. It's a time of a lot of decisions that need to be made, not only the big decision about where you're going to go to school, but just all of the little decisions that are involved day to day as you get as your student gets ready to go to college and you get ready for a a shift of role. It's also a time for many students of pulling away, uh, sort of breaking some of those ties. They're getting ready to go away and, and the conversations may be different. But whatever is going on, senior year, senior summer, is a really important time to communicate and then it changes, as, as you said, Linda, it changes once they go away to school and you're not involved in all of the, the day-to-day. Uh, that, but they still need to connect. They right. still want us and, right. and need to touch bases. So today in this podcast, we'd like to talk about um, two different aspects of, um, of communication, how we receive information and encourage our students to talk, and how we respond when they do share. Yeah, I, and I think, I think those are really important because so often when we think about communication with our students, we're thinking about how to get them to talk. Right. Some, some are natural talkers. Uh, I had three daughters, and and one seemed to tell me everything. I knew what was going on. She shared a lot. And the other two, not so much. So we're often thinking about, you know, how do I get them to talk to me? How do I get them to share with me and tell me what's going on? But sometimes we don't think about our end of the communication as hmm. much. So I think you're right. Today, today we want to focus a little bit more on our communication and how we do it. And maybe there'll be another time when we can think a little more about how do we encourage our students to share with us. So one place to start is to think about listening and perhaps what some of the issues are with listening and what some of the problems are. I said earlier, you know, we tend not to think about communication that much because it's something we just do or that happens. And I think listening, you know, if we could capitalize it or put it in bold, um, that's one of the things that that's really true of. Uh, We just assume we know how to listen. We assume we listen. Um, Students take classes in in school all the way through about how to read and how to write and sometimes about speaking and public speaking. But very rarely do they get classes in how to listen. And and certainly as parents, we, we probably don't. We just plain don't listen well. So one of the problems is that we just don't do it very well. Um, and one of those reasons is, I think, particularly as parents, we listen with the intent to respond. 
as we're listening, we're thinking about what should I say about this? How do I respond? What's my answer going to be? What piece of advice can I give? We're thinking about what we're going to say. That's not just as parents. It's something as a society we do a lot. You can tell I'm a communication professor, but... Right. <laughs> but it's something that, that we just, you know, we're busy thinking about what we're going to answer. So if we just stop for a moment and say, I'm just going to listen, that's a, a good first step. You know, I think sometimes, you know, we emphasize doing and instead of, you know, we think of listening as passive, mm. you know, and we emphasize doing things. And the fact is that listening is active. Um, when you're really focusing on someone, it's an active thing. Yeah. It's not just a passive. It thing. takes it takes work. Yeah, and and the idea of really focusing on someone and really listening is important because if if and I'll admit to it too. Often, if I'm listening, I'm busy doing something right. else. Maybe I'm typing. You know, maybe I'm watching something. Maybe I'm you know doing whatever. Um, and so I'm at least partially distracted. I think, you know, we think we're better multitaskers than we really are. And so if we just think about listening as an active thing, as, as you said, and we stop doing other things, the one exception to that, I think, is sometimes driving the car. Right. That could be the best time. Yeah. It's to it, talk and listen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's not as threatening. You don't have to right. look at each other. You're both looking at the road and and sometimes you can you can have conversations there. But otherwise, if we, you know, really just stop and focus um and listen. And you know, well, there's another thing, and I think it is that not all listening is the same. There mm. are different kinds of listening, different ways of listening. I mean, sometimes sometimes I need to when my student is saying something to me, I need to listen critically. They're they're asking me to help make a decision. They're asking me what they should do. They're asking me to analyze the situation. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 a, a really important kind of listening. But sometimes they just they just need me to listen empathetically. They just they just they just need to vent. They just want me to feel what they're feeling and hear what they're saying. And they're not asking me for an answer. And that's a different kind of listening too. And then, and then I, I, you know, I think a third kind is that sometimes, sometimes they need us to listen creatively with them. They need Hmm. us to brainstorm, um, you know, just for the sake of conversation, for the sake of making a connection. It's just kind of open-ended. So so not only taking the time to listen and thinking about listening being active, but thinking, you know, what kind of listening am I doing right now? You know, sometimes we're just, we are the sounding board. You mm. know, I think sometimes uh, when I talk to, um, when I talk to parents about the first semester of college, I also, I often want to talk about how, you know, sometimes you get that phone call. I call it the phone call. (laughs) The phone call. Um, But it's the phone call that happens in the, you know, in the middle of the semester, usually in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's usually a time when our our kids are feeling panicky or feeling homesick or feeling 
like they've had it and they 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 are not happy where they are. Just had a fight so, with the roommate, just or, broke up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or Right. Yeah. And it's really common that, you know, they will call their parents and what happens is um you know, they need to vent. They need to mm-hmm. just get it out. And of course, you know, parents are the place, the safest place. And so often they really let it out. And so you're up in the middle of the night listening to this and worried. Um, They usually feel much better once they've let it out. Um, Often they'll just, you know, hang up the phone and go to sleep and feel much better in the morning. Whereas you're going to be panicky and, you know, up uh, up all night, you know, (laughs) worried. Um, (laughs) Yep. So, um, but much of our role is just to be that place yeah. where where students can can let it out. Yeah, and you know, in in music or in theater, a sounding board is something mm. that often goes in the back of the stage or something to to push the sound out. Um, it it the sound just bounces off the sounding board. Yeah, it's an and, interesting and, analogy. And goes out. So, um, so being a sounding board sometimes just means that. Sometimes it's reflecting back. This is what I'm hearing. Is this what you're saying? Um, and and not having an answer, not having a solution, um, just saying, here's what I hear you saying. And 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 the student can hear those words coming back and say, oh, is that what I meant? Is that what I really am feeling? Right. So it's like being a mirror. It's like yes. reflecting it yeah. back. Yeah. Um, it's also um, it's it's a good time to let them just see where it goes. Yeah, they you think out, they're thinking out loud. Right. Yeah, right. and and we can just say, "Here's what I'm hearing you say," um, and helps them clarify what they want to. So, so I think we agree that listening matters a lot, and listening is active in different kinds, and and it's really important, um, often neglected. Um, so then I think that raises a little question we might explore, and that's, so then how can we do it better? And we've mentioned some things, you know, just stopping and focusing on it and, and it, you know, just, just stop talking and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't always have to give advice. I think as parents, we see that as our role. Mm-hmm. I, have to, I have to solve this. I have to help you solve it. I have, well, my advice is, um, and sometimes that's really, really important. Right. But sometimes it's just stop, you know, shut up and listen. And, and that works. Um, you know, I think the other thing we can think about sometimes is creating space for listening. Mm. Um, and that's both physical and mental. Um, you, you mentioned the car, and yep. the car can be a great place. Uh, but also, you know, let, let's go for coffee or um, let's go for a walk or, you know, it, it, providing the, the environment and the situation that maybe is a little more conducive to to listening um, physically and mentally getting away from the clutter and the noise and, and all of that. I think it's important also just to tune into where our kids are because Mm. sometimes that, you know, talking is not what they want to do. And, you know, (laughs) and that just is the reality. And, and sometimes just doing something with your kids is a way to connect without emphasizing you know, talking and, and listening, yes. you know, just, just doing something together. Yeah. I've set aside this um, time for you to talk and me to listen. Right, right, right. Uh, is probably not going to be the best way for it to happen when it, it feels sort of generic. It feels as right. though it's happening naturally. 
Right. Yeah. The other thing that I notice that I have I have trouble with, and that's when I am listening, I want to respond right away. Uh, you know, I want to jump right in and say, "Oh no, this is what you you know, this is what you should be doing," or whatever. I don't give it the time to kind of sit before I respond. Mm. Um, and so I just want to remind myself yeah. to do that more often. Yeah, and sometimes it it takes that, and and I think it's fair if it's a big conversation. I mean, sometimes these are little things, but sometimes it's a big thing. Sometimes it's right. a, you know, I I need to tell you I don't want to go back to school next semester, right. or I need to tell you about something very serious that's happening in my life. It's fair to say wow, that's that's a big thing you're telling me. I hear you. I need some time before we talk about this. Right. And can we come back to this tomorrow? Or can can we can you just give me a little time and then and then we'll think about it. Right. So um and that sends a message that I've really heard and I really want I don't want to jump in too quickly. And and also the opportunity to ask some questions. Um as they're as your student's telling you something, if you're asking questions, it's a way of also learning more, but also encouraging them to continue and showing them that you you really are hearing what they have to say and you're asking those sort of follow-up questions rather than, yeah, I heard it on the surface and I'm ready to answer you, but let me help you dig a little deeper. Right. Um, and And so thinking about all of that and validating what, what you hear. Some, sometimes you don't agree with mm-hmm. what they're saying. And I think it's important to at least acknowledge that you've heard what they have to say, even if you disagree with it, and and to clarify if you're not sure you're hearing, hearing mm-hmm. right. Um, so all, all of those have to do with kind of the ways we take it in. And, uh, you know, you're talking about taking time before we respond, which is really important. But then I think we also, if we're thinking about this whole communication thing, can think about not only how we listen and, and what we can do to listen better, but then how do we respond right. to some of, of what we hear. Um, and and I, perhaps that begins by by knowing that not everything requires a response. And and I think you, you, you talked about that when you talked about a sounding board. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you just, it ain't just need an opportunity. Um, and I don't always have to have a comeback, a response, a piece of advice or something. Um, and, and I just take time and let it sit. Mm-hmm. And they might not always want to hear from us either. That is true. <laughs> that is very true. Um, you know, I find even, you know, with my students as well, um, sometimes, you know, I'll check in with, with my students and say, is this a good time to talk about this? Mm. Or um, do you want to hear my advice? Oh, yes. You know, yeah. um, is it okay if I give you my advice? Um, really good questions, but you have to be prepared if they say no. No, right. Because yeah. sometimes it's not the yeah. right time. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing is that, um, you know, I, it's, it's not just a one-way thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's a two-way thing so that we're problem-solving together. Oh, you yes. You know, it's, um, 
it's not just one person laying out something. It's how can we work together to, to fix this? I mean, I find this with my students all the time where, you know, my students are, are upset about something. And instead of me telling them what they should do, mm -hmm. uh, it's much better if we figure it out together. Yeah. And we're partners and we are figuring a problem out. Yeah. I think that idea of partnership is really is really key, and it's something we don't usually do with our children when they're younger. Right. We 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 give them the answer, or we tell them, or or something. So even as early as you can, starting that idea of well, let's sit, let's think about this together. Um, and that one person doesn't have control over the situation. Right. It kind of fits into the idea that we are coaches on the mm. sideline instead exactly. of, yeah. you know, the ones in control telling telling our kids what to do. Yeah. Um, and that and that's really how we see college parenting is, you right. know, we're coaches on the sideline, still involved, but but, but it's in a different very than being different in the way. game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you think about exploring ideas together and being in partnership and, and working, I think another way to think about it sometimes is how would I respond if a friend told me the same mm. thing? Um, I think we react differently to our, to our kids, to our students. Um, we think we have to have an answer. And sometimes if my friend were to tell me the same thing, I would not jump in and say, well, this is absolutely, sometimes I do. You know, mm -hmm. you, you, you've got to break up with him. It's it's a terrible relationship, you know, <laughs> which maybe I should or shouldn't shouldn't do. But um, giving giving our students the same respect we do a friend, and and just taking that beat, taking that pause, and saying, mm, "What would I say to someone else if this wasn't my my child telling me this?" I think I tend to be more judgmental with my kids than mm -hmm. I am with friends. Yeah. So, you know, that's a good thing to pay attention to yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a respect thing and I think we have it. We just don't always put that in in place mm -hmm. sometimes. Again, because of our parenting role, we think it's our job. Right. Our job is to have the answer. Our job is to fix. Our job is to give advice rather than saying, "I don't know either. Let's work on this on this thing together." Um and and you know, the other thing with a friend is I work to be open and honest in what I'm saying. And, and, you know, sometimes I disagree mm -hmm. and saying so, um, sharing my feelings, sharing my, my thoughts and my perspective and, and not, not judging. So, uh, we've been, we've been listening and talking to our, our students all their lives. This isn't something new, but it does change as they begin to be in that emerging adulthood on the brink of adulthood. Mm -hmm. um, communicating is different. Mm -hmm. um, and when they go away, we communicate differently. Um, and again, when they go away, we have the opportunity to have different kinds of conversations. Yes. You know, yeah. again, it's not, it's not that day-to-day -day minutia. It is um, sometimes bigger, deeper conversations. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I definitely found that uh, that that when I stopped with that sort of caretaking role, mm -hmm. and it wasn't all about 
where are you going and who are you going with and you have to be home by this time and and did you have you done your homework and all of those things it did open up the door to different kinds of conversations and really to seeing my student as as that emerging adult mm-hmm. and and knowing what's going on with their lives it it's there's a funny irony that i know less about what's going on in their lives because i'm not involved in their life day to day to day minute to minute but i know more because we have room for those different kinds of conversations high school's a good time to begin to hone these skills and establish some kind of communication relationship and pattern that works and you know in when your students in college Um, and you're thinking about how often to communicate or how to communicate, keep in mind that there's no right or wrong. Mm. What happens here is that if if there's a difference between the way you think and the way your student thinks, that's where there could be a problem. If they want to talk to you once a day and you want to talk once a week— you know, there could be a problem. But yeah. but if you talk about that beforehand and start and, and get a sense of what you're each thinking, I think that'll help. Yeah, that makes a difference. And it, it can change from year to year and week to week. and Semester uh, to and semester, it, yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. Or when something major is happening, right. either at home or at school. Right. Uh, and then you sort of go back to a, a norm again. Um, well, good communication with our students. We know it's not going to fix everything, but it's a great way to help both parents and students really feel that you're connected and on the same page. Um, you you know what's going on, and you're ready to move ahead for whatever comes next. Mm-hmm. So once again, we thank you for spending a little time with us, and we hope that we shared some information that you've found useful. If you're thinking you'd like to hear more of these kinds of conversations, please subscribe to the College Parent Central podcast wherever you listen uh, so that you can have each episode as as it comes out. And if you think of other people who might find these conversations useful or at least interesting, share, uh, spread the word and let them know about the podcast. Uh, That's a great help to us. And visit the College Parent Central website uh, for the show notes, uh, some notes about some of the things that we've mentioned, links to related articles, and also a place where you can leave us a comment. We love feedback. Uh, This is just the beginning of the conversation. So let us know what you'd like to hear about in the future. And if you have responses to things we've talked about or want to share anything. Thanks for letting us share this time with you. So until next time.